Sacktown Sports. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. The San Antonio Spurs announced Wednesday that French phenom Victor Wembanyama will not be joining the team in Sacramento for the California Classic, but he will join the team in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League Showcase. If you are like Wemby and won't be in the building July 3rd and 5th for the Classic, you can always tap in at SacktownSports.com. A handful of NFL players are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week after allegedly violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers joins a growing list of subjects implicated in prohibited gambling acts according to league guidelines. The NFL plans to reinforce and clarify its gambling policy to players and personnel amid the rapid proliferation of sports betting. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Please welcome in Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee to Cattles and Rami. Cattles and Rami. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right, let's jump to the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Joining us right now is Chris Biederman from the Sacramento Bee. You can check him out. There, you can also check him out on the YouTube. Chris is right on our YouTube page, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. And uh, talk some kings with Chris as we get ready for NBA free agency starting on Friday. Chris, let's start here. Should we be prepared? Are you prepared? for a big swing by the Kings on Friday? Prepared for anything. <laughs> if you're in this business of sports media, you gotta, you got to be prepared for anything. I think um, it, it sounds like, and I know other people are reporting this, that the, the Harrison Barnes thing is, is gaining steam. And, uh, and so I, I guess that wouldn't really surprise me given how much, you know, how much adoration Mike Brown showed for Harrison Barnes last year, calling him, really irreplaceable at various points throughout last season. Um, but, you know, the Kings cleared up all that cap space for, for a reason, I would think. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. But if they did bring back Harrison Barnes and signed Domanis Sabonis to an extension, I think that would certainly make sense. I also think there would certainly be questions about, you know, are the Kings getting substantially better uh, if, if that's the way they, they spend their resources this offseason. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready for, ready for everything. I think, I think the Kings are a really interesting team given that they were the three seed, given that they did open up a bunch of cap space and could potentially get better, um, whether or not they're a free agent destination, so to speak remains to be seen, but they are a team that, um, that, that I think has a chance to make a substantial leap if they, if they can acquire some pieces, but we'll have to see if they're able to do it. There's been plenty of speculation via, you know, reading the tea leaves or connecting the dots that, and, 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 and a couple of me have even said that executives around the league don't think that Monty McNair makes, makes the move he made on draft night to free up all that money, unless he has something or someone in mind. Do you agree with that line of thinking that, that that was made with a specific. We've heard Draymond, we've heard Kuzma, but with a specific player or plan in mind when they freed up that money on draft night. You know, I'm not entirely sure because I think it's fair to say Rashawn Holmes and his contract. You know, twelve million dollars a year for a guy who's out of your rotation. Getting him off the books is prudent, sort of no matter what your long term sure. plan is. So if if you're going to have a guy on your bench who's making twelve million dollars 
who you're just not going to play and who doesn't fit the style of play that your new coaching staff is implementing, then it absolutely makes sense to, to try to move off of him and clear up space. Um, I, I think what McNair ultimately, and I, I don't know this, the Kings are very, very tight lipped, but I would say ultimately what McNair wanted was flexibility and whether that's having a seat at the table when it comes to free agent negotiations um, with some of these guys and just having the flexibility to uh, make a pretty drastic move if one were to present itself, right? Like if somehow Cam Johnson sign and trade from Brooklyn becomes available, then the Kings do have the cap space and the trade exception to make something like that work potentially. Um, so I don't know that there was necessarily one guy that they were targeting. I know a lot of people have been talking about Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green does make a lot of sense for the Kings on a few different levels, but also given what his price could be, I just have a hard time seeing the Kings making him one of their you know two or three highest paid guys. Um, I, I think certainly Vivek would love to would love to stick a knife in the Warriors if he could, but I I, I also you know I, I think. Monty McNair wants to be more prudent and probably looks at game seven and say, you know, when, when our jump shooting really stagnated in the second half of game seven, uh, we probably could have used another score. And I don't know that Draymond Green necessarily helps them in that area as much as he would obviously on defense. Um, so, you know, I, I think I even forget what your question is. I'm rambling so much, but I, I, think, I think the, uh, no, I think the Kings just wanted to be flexible. Like I, and just, you know, you have to be ready to pounce, like say, say the Clippers decide, and I don't think this is necessarily going to happen, but say the Clippers decide, Hey, we're going to make Paul George available. Well, if the Kings didn't have that cap space, they wouldn't even have a seat at that table. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even be able to pick up the phone. So at least with that cap space, they do have some flexibility and if something were to become available that was unforeseen, they would at least be able to to adjust and react instead of not being able to do anything at all. Chris Biederman is with us. Chris, uh, we're going to talk about a story, Rami and I, in a little while from ESPN where multiple insiders say that the Kings need to make a big splash. Do you agree with that? Do you think this team needs to make a big splash or bring back HB and maybe adding another piece would be enough? I don't know that there's necessary, like, is Kyle Kuzma a big splash? Is Cam Johnson a big splash? I think, you know, I think that's sort of up for interpretation. I I think the Kings probably need to make a move of that ilk to get better. I think everything, you know, this is just my opinion, but when it comes to their offseason goals, it needs to be, we need to be better in the playoffs. Um, and, And I think you can look at the rest of the West. You know, the West was pretty bad last year. A lot of teams had bad seasons relative to their expectations. And I don't know that the Kings can necessarily bank on, you know, the, the Suns are going to get better. The Warriors are probably going to get better than they were last year. Um, the Clippers, if, if they have any semblance of health and continuity, they're going to be much better than they were last year. Uh, so I, I think, and Mike Brown said this a lot, like the, the, the easy part is to go from bad to good. The really hard part is to go from good to great. And given that the West pro- is probably going to be better last year, given the Kings are going to come into this upcoming season with far more expectations, given that they are probably going to not sneak up on anybody next year. I think it's going to be a much tougher road right. um, upcoming for them, given given all of those factors. And so if their roster isn't appreciably better, getting the three seed might be a lot more difficult. And so um, when it comes to being in the playoffs, obviously, you know, Harrison Barnes was not great for the Kings in the playoffs. He was really good during the regular season at times. 
He provided a lot of professionalism and veteran leadership behind the scenes. And the fact he played in all two, all 82 games is certainly commendable, particularly in today's NBA. But if they're in a game seven situation against a championship caliber team, you can't look at them if they bring the same group back and say, no, they're more equipped to, to win that game this year. I, I think, I think it would make sense for them to, to try to upgrade that spot. And frankly, I think if, if they use that cap space to just bring Harrison Barnes back and, and, you know, extend Demonis a bonus a year before they necessarily need to, I don't know that that's necessarily disappointing given how successful last year was, but I think if you're trying to make the team better, uh, you probably want to try finding another explosive score who could potentially get you 25 points in a playoff game. And we didn't see that from Harrison Barnes in the playoff series last year. You led me right into my next question, Chris, which was, do you, do you think we are going to see a Domas extension this offseason? Is that something that's in the works? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, again, the Kings have been very tight-lipped. No one's saying much of anything. Um, but I, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Domas Sabonis is, is a super important player for them. He he helped change the culture. He helped unlock De'Aaron Fox. He helps, you know, Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter with his passing and his screening. He's absolutely key to what they do. But I would say, like, he probably wasn't great in the playoffs, in the playoff series against the Warriors. And I know he got stomped on by Draymond Green, and that's certainly part of it. But he said after in his in his exit interview after the season that he needs to be able to shoot with more confidence from the mid range, and maybe that has to do with his thumb injury that that he's going to be coming back from. Um, but you know the Warriors were daring him to shoot, and and ultimately Sabonis didn't really make them pay in a way that somebody like you know Nikola Jokic would, right? So, um, and obviously Jokic MVP champion, like it's it's unfair. To, to put Domas at that standard. But when you're talking about maxing him out and, and giving him a, a substantial raise over the next four or five years, like you can't have that guy be, be the player that other teams are not defending along the perimeter, just begging him to shoot in my opinion. Right? Like, I think you, you need that guy to be able to hit those shots and to not be a liability offensively in the biggest moments of the season. And you can make a pretty strong case that Sabonis wasn't good enough for the Kings particularly in game seven of the playoff series last year. So um, I, I think he absolutely deserves uh, another contract. I don't know, you know, if I'm running the team, I don't know if I'm giving him the full max, if I'm giving him $45 million a year, particularly given how the playoff series against the Warriors went. But he's he's an all-NBA player. Um, he changed the culture with the Kings, and that's certainly commendable and, and certainly deserves um, deserves its reward. Just uh, what that reward is, I guess, remains to be seen. But no, it wouldn't surprise me if they did if they did extend him and, and have some long-term clarity on his, on his future contract status going forward. Chris, great stuff as usual. We appreciate your time. Hopefully we have a very busy and fun Friday to talk about. Chris Biederman from the Sacramento Bee. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. There goes Chris Biederman. Again, he was on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. And uh, I, I did some math in the lab last night. Oh. And uh, later on in the show, not right now, but later on, I am going to uh, describe how I felt like I climbed Mount Everest last night over some Are the windows in, in, this... the, in the Cattle's household just riddled with, with mathematical yes. equations yes. that you did with? Wow. Yes. It was huh. outrageous. Later this hour, we'll get into it a little bit about the Domas options and how I finally figured out what the hell <laughs> they are. Uh, we'll get to that. But again, thanks for uh, thanks to Chris Biederman for joining us. Uh, great as always. In 90 seconds, is a young superstar on the Kings' radar? Just saw a tweet that instantly made me angry. Oh, no. 
Love when that happens. Did you sleep last night? I did. I okay, did. Okay, good. I think I got a good, like, solid seven, You're seven and a half hours. Cranky yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's fair. Nikki didn't get his sweetie. All right. We'll yeah. So, uh, Mike Singer of the Denver Post tweeted out a few moments ago. Bruce Brown. Uh-huh. One team with significant interest in signing Bruce Brown away from Denver is oh. the Los Angeles oh. Lakers. The Lakers could offer him the That full... dramatic pause, Nick, made me think it was the Kings. No, I, saw, would I wouldn't be angry that? at that. That is true, yeah. Uh, the Lakers could offer him the full mid-level. I will be so angry if Bruce Brown ends up a Laker. He's one of my favorite role-slash-rotation players in the NBA. Hey, it's fun to watch. If he ends up a Laker, I, it's going to be insufferable. If anybody, I mean, anytime a good player ends up a Laker, it's pretty insufferable, right? You Ugh. know, did you see Ugh. the day after the draft? I don't remember who it was, but it, it instantly made me angry. There was some tweet about all the great centers that have played for the Los Angeles Lakers and had Victor Wembanyama photoshopped in a Lakers jersey. <laughs> Like the day after he was drafted by San Antonio, people, Lakers fans already ready. People were putting him in a Lakers jersey. So stupid, just so stupid. I hate you, Lakers fans. Been doing that for fifteen years. When did Photoshop get invented? Lakers fans have been photoshopping jerseys. Look, a man got to make his money, but Bruce, please don't go to LA. Please don't. Please, Bruce, don't go to the Lakers. Hopefully that's uh, Bruce's agents uh, working overtime to try to drive up the price somewhere else. Hopefully. Hopefully they're trying to get above the full mid-level and by leaking the Lakers, they think that the team might react. Maybe that team, Rami, is the Sacramento kick. Uh? Maybe, just maybe. Uh? They've got the money. Mm? The most. Uh? The most money that Brown can make from the Nuggets is seven point eight million. This I would year. like he would be a good fit for for the Kings. If you're going, like if you're going two for one, Bruce Brown is near the tops of my list as one of those one of two guys. Bringing back HB and bringing in Bruce Brown that do it for you. Hmm. Make some make some better. I don't know how much better. I mean, Bruce Brown obviously is an immediate upgrade. And HB is HB, so it makes you a little better. But I just, I love, uh, Bruce Brown is, again, he's one of my favorites. And maybe uh, maybe Monty's looking at somebody like Bruce Brown and saying, we're better off going with two guys instead of one. I'm not going to pay $28 million I don't hate that idea. For, you know, Kyle Kuzma, I'm going to split this thing up. I'm going to bring back HB or I'm going to go out and get Bruce Brown and then somebody else. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Or maybe just maybe, Rami. Oh. Monty's looking at a bigger fish. Don't overlook possible trades. We've said this. With the new cap space that was created via the Rashawn Holmes trade last week during the draft, the Kings have a bunch of cap space. And if you want to say to yourself, well, Nick, why don't they just do, like, both things? Why don't they bring back Harrison Barnes via free agency on a reasonable deal and then trade for a big name. Mm -hmm. Maybe. What do you got in mind, Nick? So I was reading our guy Jake Fisher today, 
What are you getting at here? And Fisher wrote about the Chicago Bulls. Oh. And Fisher writes, the bigger questions in Chicago come down to the Bulls' perceived big three of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. Now, I remind people, Vucevic just signed, or he at least has agreed to, a three-year extension. Now, the Bulls, actually, I just saw a tweet come across my timeline confirming it. Congratulations, Rami. We're running back a 36-win team. So, Vucevic is staying. I like you, Kyle. Fisher continues, the Bulls have engaged several teams. I'll say that again. The Bulls have engaged several teams on Levine trade opportunities. Doesn't say that teams are calling Chicago. It says Chicago is calling teams. That is fascinating. Chicago is actively trying to trade Zach Levine, according to Jake Fisher. He continues to write, uh, the all-star guard enters the second season of his five-year $215 million contract. Uh, Chicago, however, is said to hold Levine's trade value far above the return that Washington netted for Bradley Beal. <laughs> First question. I got I got a few of them here for you, Rami. First yes. question, Zach Levine, interested. No. For the Kings, no. Why? I think Zach Levine, much like the Bulls do, think think much more of Zach Levine than 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 what he's actually worth. We were actually I was, you know, Nick. I'm in a number of different group chats, which you you can't you can't handle. You're not you're not down with the group chats. But one, listen, time out. I can handle them. I choose not to handle them. Okay, I respect. Didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't, I didn't mean to. It's not like my head starts to blow up when like it's not your jam. Like, uh, it's, it's not your jam. But I'm on. I'm I don't on, have a breakdown. One when of I the get... many group chats I'm in is is because I'm I'm friends of folks from many a fandom, but it's just my brother and a few other Chicago fans. And my buddy put it perfectly. If Zach Levine was your Aaron Gordon, like the third best player on a championship team, you're probably in in pretty good shape. Would he be the third best player on this team? The problem is, will Zach Levine accept that he's the third best player on a team? Mm. Uh, unless there's unless he's going somewhere where there is a clear cut number one. Like one of my Kuzma arguments is that if yes. you pay him twenty five plus million a year, Kuzma's gonna come in and be like, I want my shot. Zach Levine is gonna come in here thinking he's the dude. Or or at least he he along with De'Aaron Fox is the dude. And I I don't think the first of all, I d I don't think he's 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 that dude to, to, to have a role that big or to depend on him that much. But I also just don't think that he'll accept Less than that. That's part of the problem in Chicago. Him and DeMar DeRozan don't want to share the, the spotlight and the basketball. And, and there's not enough shots to go around for the two of them. Zach Levine thinks much more of Zach Levine than, than, than I do. The, I'll just put it that way. The idea is so enticing, though. If you just think about the basketball part of this. Levine has showed in the past that he can defend. Now, again, much like Kuzma, it's optional. <laughs> he shows up. Flips the coin, walks into the locker room, and says, "Hey guys, I, I hit on heads tonight. I'm not going to defend." <laughs> but if you if you think about Levine, just like if you're creating a team in a video game, if you think about Levine along with De'Aaron Fox, oh man, that that is uh, that's a spicy sandwich. That that is a a very very uh, scrumptious thought. And he's not going to play very much. The freak defense. the freak athleticism, right, of Fox and Levine. Mm-hmm. Levine shooting. Uh, he can play off the ball from Fox. I, I just think, you know, he would be so good as a fit for this team. That's part of it. it. It's enticing. It's enticing to think. It's enticing to think of it. But I I'm, would tell you to resist. I'm ultimately out. 
Thank I am. You. I'm ultimately out on Levine. Good. Three max players scares the crap out of me. If you're maxing out Fox, you're maxing out Domas, you're maxing out Levine with the new CBA, good luck. Because if you have those three guys on max deals mm-hmm. with this new CBA, the rest of your team is going to be Kyle Ledbetter, Rami Makhlouf, Nick Cattles, and Simone Rickford if they allow women to play in the NBA soon. <laughs> I can hoop. I'm just saying. Not with that Mickey Mouse hand. So you've got a lot of, you know. <laughs> What's I talking about? When you look at the max, I just think it would handcuff you and make it extremely tough to build any kind of depth around this team. Yes, you'd still have Keegan, but I'd imagine Kevin Herter would be out. Maybe you wouldn't have Keegan, and that's another thing. I'm concerned that the price would be outrageous. Chicago would likely be asking you for Herter, Keegan Murray, and draft picks. Kyle threw something in the trade machine today. What was it, Kyle? You had him trading Davion, Herter, and two first-round picks? That would work, assuming we use the trade exception to complete the trade. That would work. So, yeah, it's 26 and 28 first-rounder, Davion and Herter. No, thank you. Which is just something I threw in. It doesn't have to be those picks, but it's just the Herter and Davion contracts are the more important thing. I got you. I'm out on Zach Levine. I'm sorry. Uh, One more thing you've got to think about. Why do I, I, I do think you Levine. I, I do think Levine is better with the basketball in his hands, and that part of it would be an issue. Same with Kuzma. Same with other guys. You have Fox. You have Domas. Those are your two high usage players. They have the ball in their hands. You run offense through them. And to go along with Rami's thought that Levine would be like, "Hey man, I'm a superstar," which he is. It's time for me to get going. Give me the basketball. Uh, you know, very, uh, very interesting. Very interesting idea, but I, I would I would lean no on Zach Levine. 916-339-1140 is the text line. Number is uh, 1-800-920-1140 if you'd like to call us. YouTube, always you can chat with us, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. Your thoughts on Zach Levine? Would you Would you take that shot? Given what it would cost you and given his game, would you take that shot if you were the Kings or would you pass on Zach Levine? We'll get to that and more coming up. With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive, Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Hello out there. How y'all doing? Happy hump day. It is Wednesday, right? Yes. It feels like a Thursday, though. Something I literally asked at our, to, to start our show meeting today. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Wednesday, right? Everybody's like, yes, yeah, Robbie. Okay, cool. It's all, all right. a lot is going on. It's all blending into my head. This is my right. second cup of coffee of the day. Trying to cut back from five to three. It's all kind of just mush. Just uh, mush hard. in my head. Coffee is a real drug. It I, is. I, I could not add to that because i've never had it so never had it never had coffee. never tried it never had a sip i actually had one single sip of coffee when i was like 10 or 11 oh my God. Mm. me and nick That's... are the same what never a sip kyle no i had you know like three sips of coffee when i was like 15 and i haven't really had it mm. since listen if you're driving pull over i know this is deeply upsetting to but... so many listening right now this is kind of wild yeah, you I guys even, i don't even know she says 10 seconds after Rami says coffee's a drug. Yeah. 
It is. But yeah, coffee so being good, just really, really good. Fresh, <laughs> it's hot, smells so good. It's a lot of things that uh, people are addicted to. Coffee um, being a drug is a, is not wild. I literally get like crippling headaches if I don't get my fix. Yeah, that's not it's, good. It's a real drug. I'm not even kidding. It's I a real drug. Coffee, coffee in the morning. The trying to cut back from five to three. <laughs> it's not a good thing. I know. That's why I'm trying to cut back. Hmm. Get yourself a partner who looks at you the way Rami looks at his coffee mug. I'm trying. Oh, you I'm should trying. see me with my first cup in the morning. No, I shouldn't. Uh, I don't need to see that. <laughs> it's so good. I That's saw you really, today. really good. And Fresh, and hot, an intimate so moment. Good. That was enough. An intimate uh, moment. Couple of Kings thoughts here from listeners. Let's start with. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Give it a shot. Uh, Shoot that shot, Nick. I don't know if it's like a joke or not, and I don't want to say it's a joke because if it's the person's name, then I feel bad calling their name a joke or something uh-huh. that might look like a joke. It's it's Chew Saturn. I think that's the name. I'm gonna Just go a straight-up name. I'm going to go with it. How would you pronounce this? C-H-I-E-W. Chew. 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 Yeah. It could be Chew or Chew. Yes. And S-A-E-T. It could be Chew. Yeah. Yeah. S-A-E-T-E-R-N. Saturn. S E T A R. Jesus, this is terrible. S A E. What uh, did they say? What did they say? We, we're majoring in bad radio <laughs> for the last two minutes. <laughs> no doubt. Anyway, we go say turned. They asked, "What about Tory and Prince for the Kings? Who today, if you if you didn't hear, Tory and Prince was uh, apparently Tory and Prince didn't hear was told by Adrian Wojnarowski <laughs> that he would not be returning to the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> Tory and Prince as a as a rotational wing. What do you think? Um, I'm intrigued. As soon as I saw that that he was released, I was intrigued. He's uh, from what I what I saw. A friend of mine tweeted out: good percentage on the catch and shoot threes, and good percentage on the corner threes, which obviously are two things he'll get plenty of in Mike Brown's system and with Domas and Fox opening up those shots for him. So maybe a good fit brings a little bit of size. I don't know how much defense he plays. That's that's something. They definitely need to upgrade, but yeah, I, th- I think he could be a fit as 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 a guy to come off the bench, a role player for this Kings team. Would not mind it at all. No. Would not mind but it at all. Would you want Prince and Sasha Vizenkov and Trey Lyles all coming back? Sure. Okay. Because yeah. I know that would be like $20 million, but I know they have mid-level exceptions and stuff. Uh, you know, I-, I think Torian is more of a three. I think Vizenkov is more of a four, and I think Lyles is your extra depth at the four, maybe even a little bit at the five, small ball five with Trey. I think you could make it work. I just I, I like the idea of what Prince can bring. I like his skill set. I, I think it would it would help this team, no doubt. Like like Rami said, he can knock down threes. He's not somebody who's going to be complaining about minutes or any of that kind of stuff. So. You know he's he's not the greatest defensive player. He's kind of he you know he's he's declined in that category the last couple of years, but he's he's still only twenty nine, just turned twenty nine in March. So I I don't think it's a a bad idea at all. I would uh, I would at least entertain it if I were Monty McNair. Even if the skill sets are a little bit repetitive with other players they're planning to bring on the roster. Well, I don't know if they're going to bring those people in. 
would you like me to break down the roster with 17 different options, Kyle? Is that what we like to do? Let's go uh, down all the different timelines. <laughs> I guess I'm... What, Nick, what a, what a, let's, let's roll through contingency uh, F. Um, I, yeah. let, let's just throw... I, I don't know who who's in, who's out. I mean... <laughs> Aren't we kind of operating under the assumption Sasha Vizenkov is going to be on the team next year? Yeah, and I don't think Vizenkov is a carbon copy of of Prince. Yeah, no, I think they can... I think they can coexist on the roster. Again, I think yeah. Prince is a, is more of a three. I think Vizenkov is more of a four. Interesting. So both of them could be playing on the floor at the same time. Not sure. I don't know how much you'd see of them on now, the Now, you want to go through rotations? How much information would you like me to roll through here, Kyle, for you? Would you, you want me to break down the minutes per <laughs> for everybody? Let, let's build, You know what we should do, Rami? Let's construct a, a theoretical Kings team. And then also break down the minutes the of minute each guy distribution of the hypothetical that team. Mike Brown is going to use. There, there is that. Kyle, this is like NBA 2K. And then how the finances work. We got to factor that like, in. What, as what well. are we? What are we doing? Here? Or we could not do any of that. Uh, text That's line nine one six three three nine eleven forty. We need a jump from Keegan and a solid role player. Oh, you you need more than that. I want to get into Keegan in in the five o'clock hour and and how an, a new signing might impact him, and it might not impact him for the best. You could argue that if you want Keegan to make a jump, if you sign somebody that is going to be more demanding than Harrison Barnes and a bigger piece of your offense than Barnes was, that's taking the offense from somebody else. Now, that could be Herter. It could be even Fox. It's not going to be Sabonis because it's not like he was jacking up tons of shots. Right. But it's going to eat into the shots. So do you want those shots to go to Keegan? Just something to think about. So, something to something to, uh, to ponder. To ponder. And, I, you know, I, I've, heard, I, I've heard a lot of people. I heard Chris Watkins talking about this earlier today to Rami. Are people happy with what the what the team did last year and, and how much they need to improve if they want to do uh, next year what they did this year and all those kinds of things? I, I am I actually agree with Watkins on this. I agree with him that you need to do more, you need to add more, you need to upgrade. Yes, it was a great season last year, but a lot of things also went the way of the Kings. They were ridiculously healthy, like historically healthy. Yeah. Their starting five played all the time. So you can't necessarily just think that's going to happen again. And then you look at other teams in the Western Conference, moves that they're making. It was a down season for several teams that you would think might be better this year. So you've, you've, I think you've got to upgrade. You have to upgrade. I don't think you could just walk in and say, ah, we're good. I don't think that's going to work. I, I don't think the same team from last year wins 50 games. I can't see them not upgrading, though, unless you're just going to sit on that money that you just freed up. I agree. Because I th- even, even bringing back Harrison Barnes, you're still going to have more money left to play around with. And if not, if not bump him to the bench, go and add somebody to the bench like, like a Torian Prince, as we just talked about, who's going to make you that much deeper and more versatile and give you different ways to beat teams. I can't see them just sitting on this money, bringing back Harrison Barnes, maybe maybe adding Vizenkov to the mix and going, yep, we're good. All set here. I just I can't see that happening. All right, let's stick with the Kings. Would it make sense for them to give Domas the bag this summer? 
brings Makloff magic, while the other, hmm, we're still trying to figure that out. Paddles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. All right, we're going to get to uh, Domas and whether or not it makes sense for Monty McNair to throw the bag at him this summer instead of waiting. I was in the lab last night. I was breaking down all the numbers. Yeah, I had I to heard. get to, If you haven't noticed, people listening to the program or watching us on YouTube, I have OCD. And unfortunately, like when something pops up in my head, I, I just can't erase it. I can't get rid of it. That's why I slept four hours the other night. Like if I get up in the middle of the night or the morning and I think of something, I'm laying there for like 45 minutes thinking of just how my brain works. Just constantly, nonstop. And it's another reason why I don't drink caffeine because the, the energy and the obsessiveness is out of control. I can't imagine. This is me without caffeine, okay? Oh, boy. I understand why you don't do caffeine. Think about this amped up by 10. Yeah, nobody wants that, especially me. So I was up. Last night. You got it? And, uh, Did you crack the code? You got the algorithm? I looked at all the math, and I think I have it. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, we have some text and reaction to what we were talking about last segment, Rami, this idea of whether or not the Kings have to upgrade, should upgrade, need to upgrade to be better. Are you happy with last year? Do you think this team could be as good as they were last year, next year, if they didn't make many moves? And and I'm of the of the belief that they need to upgrade. That's that's where I'm at. Arthur Smith in the uh, YouTube chat. Nothing wrong with a team getting better unless a team won the chip and trying to repeat. They at least earn that. Otherwise, you keep tooling up. So you you want to keep retooling. You want to keep adding. Says Arthur Smith. Uh, Manny too legit. Our friend that's on YouTube, but an awful lot, chatted in. We need to get better. We need to get past the first round next season. I also would would say this, Rami. You theoretically could get better, but still not get past the first round. We were talking about this today when I was doing the uh, crosstalk with uh, on Chris and company, and Kyle was pretty insistent that you need at least a first round playoff series victory. And Chris was saying, you know, I. I I might there is a way I could be happy with with the season if if that's not the case a first round playoff exit can look and feel a lot of different ways based on the road there based on the matchup based on a lot of different factors and things that could happen between now and nine months from now should should we be sitting here talking about a first round playoff exit you you know what I mean so I I tend to lean with Kyle and I have a hard time imagining a first a, se- a season ending in the first round being satisfying or a good season but would I rule it out? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. There there's a a path to to that not feeling like uh like a disappointment or a failure at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I I mean I think it all depends on so much context that we don't know yet and, and how the season goes and what teams look like. Right. Yada, yada, yada. You know, did you deal with an injury and you missed a month or so from Fox or Sabonis or both guys? Did you fall back to, like, the sixth seed because of that? Did you fall back because other teams just played out of their minds and you end up in the first round with a very tough matchup like you had this past year? 
there's a bunch of unknowns. But I think people kind of fall into this idea of like, well, if you did not get further along in the year versus the prior year, you didn't get better. But you could get better. It's just how much better did other teams get? And what were the circumstances that you had to deal with throughout the year? Or a playoff series, right? I mean, you could have somebody turn their ankle in a playoff series and all of a sudden you lost in the first round, but were you a better team? Arguably, you could be a better team. So let's get to uh, my math. All right. Yesterday we sat here, and I will be transparent about this. When I do sucky radio, I am I'm fully You're aware. transparent and yes. aware that when right. we're in the middle of it, it's probably not the best radio. That happened a couple segments ago. We had a couple minutes where it was just bad radio. I've never done bad radio. Thanks to Kyle. Right. So, Hold up. <laughs> Well, your whole let me ask 55 questions about Torian Prince probably wasn't necessary. That the wasn't moment. the bad radio no, part. No, I know, but I added that to the other bad radio part. So yesterday we got into this. It's all your fault. We, we jumped down this this uh, this rabbit hole. <laughs> Keep of, your eyes to yourself. Of math. And it was just a bunch of numbers by the end of the show. And it was Rami's head was spinning. And Kyle actually had a calculator out. I'm not kidding. He had a calculator out. A legit calculator. Wait, like an actual calculator? Not we all your have phone, that on not your phone. phone. What do we no, need an actual I mean a Texas for? instrument calculator. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can literally pull one up on your computer. Our calculators still, they're still making calculators? I've got one right here. <laughs> Why? Because I am an economics degree person in college okay. and I still have my calculator wow, from that. It's you. still inexcusable. Wow. It doesn't matter if you went to school to be an I don't astronaut. I care if you went to MIT, man. It's right here on my phone. You can't bring a phone to take a test. We also do sports radio. Oh, what are we true. doing? Anyway, so but, I was I was all over the place with these numbers because James Ham had some numbers and I had some numbers and my numbers didn't match his numbers and I figured it out. You and Ham had some beef. So no, no, oh. no. There was no beef. I just want at I least like not it. from my. I end. like it, Rami. Just Thank you. Together. Rami just no. wanted to make Thank a meat you. joke. There was no, there was no beef with James <laughs> Ham. That's <was> baloney. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. The three on. of you together at times. <laughs> Carry on. So your math. You're doing math. Okay. That joke cut deep. So I'm going to power through. So the Sabonis math, I figured it out. I finally figured it out. All right. And the payoff is not going to be great for everybody listening okay. to the last three minutes. And I want to I want to point out that this segment was going to be at least hopefully decent radio until Rami pumped the brakes and then Kyle pumped the brakes and then Simone pumped the brakes <laughs> and then Kyle pumped the brakes again and it was, you know, snip, snap, snip, snap, stop, stop, go, go. I feel like we're still making good radio. Anyway, uh-huh. well, you can have that opinion if you'd like. Certainly not going to get in the way. If you love this, then God bless you. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the gist. If, if the Kings decide to extend Domas right now, in totality, the deal would be five years, $220 million. Okay. The final year of that contract would be 27-28. If the Kings waited until next year to extend Domas, it would go from a 5-year $220 million deal to a 5-year $246 million deal. That is if Domas is all NBA. Gotcha. So if he makes all NBA again, he can get a 5-year $246 million extension. 
I don't know what that was. <laughs> Keep going. You mute. It your wasn't computer. you, Kyle. It was. Yeah, I just did. Rami I forgets just, to mute his computer just, every day. Just, we, we, just sometimes we just luck out. Most of the time, when a sound goes off, it's during a break. But this time, it was smack dab <laughs> just, in the middle oh, of the week. I got an email. I'm never going to get through the math. Go ahead. <laughs> Sounds like you've got beef now. I'm going to fight all of you. You know what? Just stop it, Kyle. Come in here, and I'm going to fight you. And Simone, you take over the board, and if okay. it gets bad for Kyle, call the cops. This is a little too okay. raw for me. I'm gonna. So I'm just gonna sit back and listen to your math. <laughs> I'm no chicken. My computer is muted. My mic. I'm gonna mute my mic. <laughs> you, you do your thing. <laughs> Finish it up. Bring it home, Nick. You're the worst. <laughs> so five, five years, two hundred and twenty million. If you extend them now. If you extend him next year, it's five years, 246, if he's All-NBA. If you extend him next year and he doesn't make All-NBA, it's five years, $211 million. So here's the thought process. If you think Domas is going to be on the All-NBA team after this year, then you sign him to this extension now because you save $26 million, and you also are able to include this year within that five-year deal, so it ends a year shorter. So you're not having to pay Domas a lot of money when he's 33 years old. Gotcha. So bumping him now will save you $26 million and cuts the deal short a year if you think he's going to be all NBA. That's the, that's the gamble Monty has to make. If, if Monty does not think Domas is going to make all NBA. I, but if I'm Monty, I don't want to bet on on failure. You know what I mean? If you if you I'm bet, getting in now. right, but if you bet on failure, if he was going to bet on failure, then he would end up saving nine million dollars. That's nothing, which is negligible. Right now, sign him up now. So that is painfully there. You did it. The options for Domas. We did it. All. We did it, guys. We. Even if Nick is roasting right now, we we did it. We did it. We got there. Rami's got a frog in his pocket. We we did it all, America. Beeman, Beeman posted in the YouTube chat, Kyle, come in here and I'm going to fight you. Those are words I said. I'm no chicken. I hope oh, HR wasn't listening. Well, I've got my calculator to defend me. I know. I, I, might, I might be fired. I might be gone soon if I fight Kyle. Awkward silence. So Then you'd be roast beef. Hate is not a strong enough word. In this moment right now, for you, hate is not a strong enough word. I'm just being a turkey over here. Are you going to stop him, Rami? Because I can't. Can I are, you, are you going to stop gonna him? Do? What am I going to do? Okay, I'll stop encouraging Simone, it. I'm laughing back here they, the I don't, I don't time. control the mic. Simone, I would have turned it, his yeah. mic off. You're in the same room as him, Simone. Maybe I'll, I'll you... tag in for producer. I'll sit in the, the main producer I, I, chair. I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever uh, – suggest violence even though i just said i want to fight him that's baloney but if you want to just stroll like just push your chair over towards him and kick him in the shin really hard maybe a rear naked chokehold <laughs> would not be the worst thing in the world it, it would not be the worst thing in the world okay uh we're gonna try to gather things up here I, I don't feel confident that we're going to but we're going to attempt to to get some order i'm some, good store yeah. some order we're just starting to cook oh is that what we're doing I'm ready for another food thing from Kyle because you said cook. I'm just I'm waiting for it. All right, do the Kings have the most to prove in the NBA this offseason? We'll talk about that next. Lovable, squeezable, Nick.